Ladies and gentlemen, hello, welcome to another episode of Weekly Games Chat. This is episode 384 of the world's greatest podcast about video games. My name is Sean. I am uh, joined uh, for this part of the recording only uh, with Chris, and we'll kind of explain that in just a minute. A shout out to anyone who's currently watching this stream live on twitch.tv. We do this every Usually every Tuesday, sometimes we have things like the Game Awards or a special recording where we will uh, where we will pop in and and kind of go live. Uh, but without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome uh, Chris to the show officially. Nice and everybody, give him a nice warm hug and a round of applause. Chris, how you doing? I'm Woody. Howdy, 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 howdy. <laughs> That's funny. That would be a Twitch exclusive to see what that reference was. Uh, for or for a listener slash viewer, uh, Punkhead to say, wow, just, oh my God. <laughs> so there you go. That's your tease to come check us out on twitch.tv to hang out with us, if you will. And like I mentioned before, this episode is going to be one of those where uh, it, 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 we're going to do our best to guide you through it. Because right now we are recording like we normally would. Uh, this is the intro part of the show. Uh, but because John had a, a thing where he had to be out, um, that we went ahead and recorded the topic uh, beforehand. It was Chris and John. I was not able to make it. I was in Atlanta, uh, possibly catching some sort of sickness. Uh-uh. Um, let's let's hope not. But um, so me and Chris decided to be here to do this. So uh, yeah, you'll hear at points Chris and John, and at other points just myself and Chris. But we all work together to make this show what it is. And because this is the intro, Chris, I want you to kind of start off because some news broke today that was kind of sad. Uh, but then I, I saw a nice tribute, so I don't know if you saw that. I'll, I'll piggyback off after you say the things you wanted to say. Yeah, um, unfortunately, we got the news in college football land this morning that uh, Mike Leach, the head state or the head coach for uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs, had passed away um over the night due to heart complications uh and it was met with a lot of just you know loss and 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 heartfelt loss for the whole entire community of college football world i mean mike leach is one of a kind like literally i don't know of anyone else who is like mike leach you know Kind of like it, it was kind of fitting that him and Lane Kiffin are the two coaches for the Mississippi schools right now because they are each their own man. Very unique. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it, it fits well with uh, the Mississippi lifestyle. Um, yeah. It, they did a montage of uh, ESPN was showing a montage of the mm-hmm. types of questions reporters were comfortable enough to ask Mike Leach. They were not typ- your typical. Let's put it this way Nick Saban's not getting those kind of questions, Kirby yeah. Smart's not getting those kind of questions. Well, uh, he's interesting because Mike Leach never played college football and he actually graduated as a lawyer. So, you know, he somehow, I guess just because of the love of the game kind of got into this. And that's why yeah. I think he's never taken himself super serious, you know? <laughs> well, he, being known as an offensive kind of genius, it was always awesome to see the tiniest playbook he'd have. Yeah. I think it was like a notebook, or I'm sorry, a note like a post-it note size that he would have, and it was kind of folded and everything. I did see a really nice tribute today from Texas Tech. They yeah. had imagery of him uh, with his pirate sword, which was something he always wanted. He was known to to want to kind of wave a pirate flag, and and 
Texas Tech was an old stomping ground of his, and they showed him on the Videotron today. Super cool, and, and yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because that is one that college football, I mean, he just died too young. I think he was 61. Uh, very sad news, so hopefully he gets the respect he deserves for what he did bring to the game. He once said, we found bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of of Bigfoot. It would be really fun if there was a Bigfoot. I hope there's a Bigfoot. My guess is there is not. Right. Um, that's that's, what, that, that's crazy. I like that. And I saw Lane Kiffin said he was honored to be a part of Mike Leach's last game and that he got to go out the way he should be remembered, which is a winner. Um, and, you know, like I said, uh, if you hate the, hair, the air raid offense of the last 20 years in college football, you could pretty much take that all back to Mike Leach. So, you know, he was the first that I'm yeah. aware of. So. For sure. But rest in peace. Uh, and if anybody knows anybody, or actually if anybody from the Leach family listens to our show, that know that we give you guys thoughts and prayers. Uh, and we know that time uh, is the best healer of all, but it probably won't heal the loss that you are experiencing. For sure. Uh, with this being the intro of the show, we will uh, kind of pivot over to what I'm going to bring. And that's uh, that's actually an, it's part of sports again. And that is I got to watch uh, Argentina. So today, as we record the show, you guys know we recorded on Tuesday. This would have been the day that Argentina took on Croatia in the first semifinal of the World Cup uh, for 2022. And Argentina and Messi uh, powered through with a three to nil victory. So they will have a chance for Messi to lift the trophy, the World Cup trophy on Sunday. Uh, tomorrow, I guess if you are an audio listener, the second semifinal is going to be France versus the surprise, the Cinderella of the tournament, Morocco. They're the first African nation to make it to a semifinal of a FIFA World Cup. But that, that's not England or America. Right. But Harry Kane. Well, I, I immediately, once the Americans went out, they're my, they're my 1A team. Mm -hmm. uh germany by default is my my 1b team that's that's my grandma and she's the reason i watch soccer and everything so once those two were gone i was like i'm gonna latch on to messi um uh, despite the fact that when i watch uh english football i go for tottenham and harry kane is a superstar uh chris immediately was like england he sent me a a jeff gif of <laughs> the english flag and a guy holding it but the world what? cup is so awesome <laughs> It's so cool, uh, and it's going to be over before we know it, and there's been something very unique. I've said this a few times about it being in December. Yeah. Um, kind of cool. And Qatar has been, from what I can tell, unless some stories come out later, pretty good host country. So there you go. If you're excited about the World Cup, it's coming to an end, and, and we're going to see some history either way, it looks like. France is uh, playing Morocco, like I said, so they could be back-to-back -back champs. Morocco could make the finals. That would be another first. And then win, of course, would be crazy. Or Argentina could win and finally give Messi the one trophy that's eluded him. This would be his fifth World Cup. And I think he set the all-time record for uh, caps. That's what they call it in, in soccer for your country in a World Cup. I think he's going to break that record when he takes the pitch on Sunday. So No cap? Good stuff. Yeah, no, no cap. He caps. What? That's for all the cool kids that listen to the show. Uh, but this has been the end. This, this show is going to be a little quirky like we told you. This has been... The intro Dude. of uh, episode 384. Uh, before I say the things I usually say, Chris, do you have anything else you wanted to add last minute or anything like that? Um, 
just fair warning, there's quite a few moments uh in this interview where John got hung up on Discord and so you'll get oh. silence and then all of a sudden John at ninety miles an hour. If it was ever really bad, I tried to tell him to re re-say it. But for the most part, I think it actually came through pretty clear. Uh John went pretty in depth on this. So you y'all y'all <laughs> so enjoy the hour. The show- the show should be about a two-hour show because of John. It's going to be three hours and 37 minutes, so thanks a lot. To, no, I'm just kidding. I haven't actually heard it. Chris is the only one currently right now before we pivot to the topic that knows what John gave this game. Oh, you want to uh, make a prediction what score he gave it? That wouldn't be fair because you – do I want to give a prediction? I think he gave it an 8.75. You have won the numbers, right? Uh, probably the point seven five. <laughs> Oh, 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 here we go. Here we go. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we will, we will, we will cease to talk it from right here in the intro. And the next thing that you hear will be that pre-recorded review that John is going to give of this game and this week's topic. Hey, this is different. <laughs> but when you hear that music, regardless, we must be doing a topic about something. Uh, the weird part, though, is that it's Sunday morning and it's just me and John just sitting here, sipping our beverages, thinking about life. Yeah, look at that. Look at that beverage. That's a big old beverage. They can't see it because we're not on YouTube or anything. Or, I mean, uh, Twitch. Yeah, we're just we're just cozy together, getting ready to talk about a topic. And I guess if we're gonna have a topic, I better do the thing, huh, John? Oh uh, yeah, you better do the thing. And um, you know, it's funny the audience. You just have to get ready, be prepared for the tone, tonal shift of this episode that you're gonna hear this week. It's gonna be NPR first half, and then <laughs> you know, party in my mouth, uh, second half. <laughs> Is that what you think, me and? Me and Sean are like if we're together, we're a party in your mouth. Wait, what? Well, Sean's always a party in my mouth. Hold on. Oh, hey. Let me take one more puff. Oh, okay. Well, while you do that, I will do this thing. The topic is... The Callisto Protocol! Also known as uh, Dead Space Four. <laughs> so, Chris, I just realized that somebody might take a clip of me saying, "Hold on, let me take one more puff." Uh huh. That's true. <laughs> and just isolate that. <laughs> that would be pretty good. That would be awesome. <sighs> so uh, that was my inhaler, ladies and gentlemen. Not as gangster as it sounds. <laughs> let me take one more puff. <laughs> so, John. Uh, you are a big Dead Space fan. Uh, I'd like to think of myself a fan too, but you definitely love that series more than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were both kind of hyped for this, and then we saw some some warning signs that weren't weren't the most. Uh, I don't know. Did did give you a lot of confidence? Yeah, right? when when they announced the, the when the reviews would drop, 
which I think is was the early a.m. of the release day. Yeah, twelve a.m. And look, I, I get, I, I believe it or not, Chris, in my, uh-huh. in my early in my early gaming relationship with you, I got a lot of cues from you. Yeah, because you because the general rule, at least back in the day, and I say back in the day, you know, seven or eight years ago, even. Um, it was if if a review embargo drops on the same day, you need to worry a little bit. Doesn't this, it wasn't necessarily a Bible thing where it was gonna be bad, but it it, it means you should probably put a hold on your pre order at least. Yeah, like, you know, and you know how we love a good pre order, especially something like this where it's just a single player game, right? Like, because you know, obviously, yeah. it's a little bit different when you're talking about a Call of Duty or just a just like you know, for instance. Um, whenever Diablo four comes out next year, Oh wait, we have a date for that. Uh, um, when that comes out on June 6th, obviously there might be some early impressions, but I imagine it won't be for a good week before someone puts out or like the major places put out reviews Mm because the online components just so important here though, (laughs) you know, people had this game and it wasn't, I mean, You've beat it, John. How long did it take you? Probably about ten hours. I've heard is about yeah, the about eight, eight, eight to ten hours. It's I started it uh, Friday night when I bought it. Yeah, so and I finished it Friday night when I I finished I finished it last Friday night. So when we you know heard that little tidbit, we kept started joking to each other. We might as well just go ahead and get Marvel Midnight Suns, <laughs> which I actually ended up doing, and maybe we'll talk about that next week. But John, he. He, you know, he stuck to his guns and he didn't care what anyone said. He said, darn it. I already bought Gotham Knights. I might as well buy this too. Well, it's, uh, that's funny. It's, but it's with the survival horror genre, we think of, we think of modern hits, like what Resident Evil has been doing with its remasters and its latest Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 8, all that stuff. But I remember a time Mm. when the survival horror genre was sort of, you would almost the games I love from the survival horror genre are games that you would expect scores like this, mm-hmm. like uh, 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 the Evil Within, for example, is one is one of those games that I absolutely love. But when and this is interesting, I pulled the trigger on this game when when the Metacritic score was still in the green at around seventy seven. Mm. If you go in there look looking at it today, it's down in the yellow at a seventy two. So yeah. reviews just kept coming in and coming in and coming in. And there's yeah. a and, and and this this to me this game is kind of an acquired taste. But what you're gonna hear in this in this review, and because it's unavoidable, this is going to be a a contrast between what what dead space is versus what this is, mm-hmm. what works and what doesn't. I mean, we should if you haven't heard if you've been sleeping under a rock these days or hiding under a rock these days. Glenn Schofield was the original director of the original Dead Space game. He's come back with Striking Distance, the developing studio, to do this game. And what this game has been from the jump, even even from his own mouth, even before we knew that the Dead Space remake was happening, this was what they were dubbing as the spiritual successor that fans wanted for Dead Space. Because Dead Space 3, I love that game, but it didn't give the fans what it wanted and then as we all know uh visceral games the developing studio behind the dead space series has been lost to history 
has yes. been swallowed up by the necromorphs if you will and old glenn went off to do call of duty games for like a decade uh yeah that that is yeah what, which studio did he was it he did um, um sledgehammer that's so right that's what he was running for a long time yeah but <laughs> yes uh so from what i've gathered because i you know i've watched trailers and stuff like this but i always try to keep myself some what uh you know blind to what's going on in case i ever do want to play something what i've gathered is you are josh damal and you are in space prison is that accurate news <laughs> <laughs> that's the review ladies and gentlemen thanks for stopping by <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, you are you, you, the the main character um and it's so funny, you know, I I I always have the hardest time remembering the names of people while I'm playing games. I just have mm. a certain kind of attention span. But you, the the main character is played this is a very actor heavy game. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of funny how front and center in many ways Josh Demel is. Um it's almost like Josh Jamil when he was negotiating his part for this, he goes, I want everybody to really be aware that I'm Josh Jamil. And it looks, it looks exactly like him, but when he, you know, he's walking down dark cor- corridors and things like that, mm-hmm. you'll see him turn his head and look in this direction. And it's almost like he wanted his head to turn because you wanted to be reminded constantly that you were playing as Josh Jamil. And it's, it almost feels it almost feels like he negotiated into his contract. I want to have my face prevalent in it as much as possible. Even when you get the, even when you get an advanced, a more advanced suit, you know, in dead space, you, your face is completely covered. This, it's like a glass, you're, you're in a glass fishbowl because it's almost as if Josh Jamal wanted you to be aware that you were playing as Josh Jamal the entire game. Well, I mean, he was in Transformers, so, you know. Right. So in case you weren't aware until this very moment, Josh Demel is the star of this game, and f- and he does a very good job with the role. Um, but you know, I should start off with definitely the premise. You're you and your you and your team are 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 moving some cargo mm-hmm. over to Jupiter's moon, um, where there is uh the the most original name for a prison that you can think of, Black Rock Prison. Wow. There's this there's this prison uh there's this prison located on Jupiter's moon, and you are going there with some cargo. You cra- you and you're about to take off and you crash land, and you are at first <clears throat> you at first you are helped by the the prison guards, but then they get a radio transmission, they get a radio transmission, and then they are they they take you into custody, book you, do all those things to you, inject the the whole life meter neck thing that that is uh traditional to the dead space games they put that into your neck and then basically knock you out and when you wake up everything has gone to hell in a handbasket inside this prison people have turned to monsters um the nothing is working uh you're kind of trapped in your prison cell for a moment and your job is to sort of navigate your way through this prison to one escape, but as you as you're trying to escape, learn the truth about what happened. Of course, in, you got to learn the this, truth in this in this in this uh, in this uh, prison. 
And that's basically that's basically the the short premise of what this game is. Um, and it is, you know, if you if you if you didn't like Dead Space, who didn't like Dead Space? But if you didn't like Dead Space, just skip this game. Mm-hmm. Because this game is is fully aware of what it is. It fully embraces what it is. Um, the dark, dank, wet, slimy corridors. Um, you even and and Chris, the funny thing is, this one's gonna, this one's kind of tough for me because I've played Dead Space so much, mm-hmm. all three games multiple times. I'm familiar with the formula. I'm also I'm almost familiar. Like if I go down this hall, I see that. I see that. I see that. That right there is the perfect spot for something to jump out at me. Sure. And and about you know seventy percent of the time I'm spot on because I'm just familiar with how the jump scares work in this particular game. Um, it's almost like, you know, I would love to see somebody who's never touched one of these games before to just, to just dive in and have these things happen to see if this, I don't know, to see if they don't expect the same things that I expected. You know, it's like, it's like the trope of you guys watching a movie and you're like, don't go into that barn. It's got, it's got knives and axes hanging from the ceiling. That's (laughs) not a good place for you to go. There's a car running right there waiting for you to just jump in and go. Why are you going to the barn? Just leave. (laughs) just leave mm-hmm. but um <clears throat> so as far as the atmosphere as far as the premise that it sets up it gets everything that's great about dead space spot on sure <clears throat> where it tries to differentiate itself um mm-hmm. and one of the things that's truly unique to dead space that they incorporated into the storytelling and they made use one of the reasons i love this game so much is because in that game, <clears throat> Isaac Clark is a engineer by trade, and all the tools at his disposal, barring a, f- a few of them, are designed for an engineer to, you know, they're, they're all kind of cutting tools that are designed yeah, to cut these massive like cords and laser cutters, all these things that are used to cut off limbs of these, of these aliens, of these, well, these walking and I guess that I guess I don't didn't really catch a um, kind of a name for any of these necromorphs, if you will. But they're the the general idea is the same. There's no real there's no real design of if you cut off their limbs, they die. That doesn't really happen. You basically have to face them head on. But one of the re, one of the, one of the weapons you get early on in this game that sort of <clears throat> launches the the combat system is so this game is a comp uh, this game is a a cross between dead space and punch out <laughs> i've heard as far as heard that before. yeah an, uh, the big thing i heard for the combat that i guess either infuriates people or you know they dig it right is like this dance of holding left or holding right depending on what way you're being swung then countering the enemy and he'll swing you swing back at you. So then you go the other direction of holding left or right that you didn't do. And then you punch them or something like that. And like, I've heard people rail against this. I've heard people be like, this is so cool, but I don't know. How'd you feel about it? I was, I was sort of, I guess I'm kind of neutral on it. Cause I get, as I was playing the game, I kind of get what they're trying to do. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's sort of a, so, For kind of a more detailed explanation, when when a 
so in earlier in the game you get this sort of futuristic shit machete like device it's like this big it's like this big hacking sword um it be, you know it's it you go into the weapons um arsenal that's the only thing left in the arsenal that someone's holding and so you pick that up <clears throat> and, this, and this weapon and say that again is it Danny Trejo holding it? <laughs> Man, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be amazing. But you know, it's 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 this it's this weapon that stay, stays with you for the entire game, and you start you start to go, okay, so this is this is what we're doing. Okay, okay, this is what we're doing. So it kind of teaches you the 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 rudimentary <clears throat> fundamentals of this thing. So when an alien comes at you and takes a swing, like you say. You mm-hmm. dodge to the left or to the right, um, and I'm almost I'm, I almost think it's the direction of like it, it almost feels like which hand is coming at you almost determines. This is only a theory right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, 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 almost determines which direction you should dodge, and so when you dodge left and he takes another swing, don't dodge left again. Mm-hmm. He'll he'll clip you you dodge right and then you dodge left you never you never i mean you never do the same directional dodge Just keep going back forth in, back in and a row forth. yeah and eventually i mean if you time it right um he'll either he'll either open himself up after a couple of swings or you'll dodge at the right time and i really haven't mastered this it's it's kind of puzzling how this works you dodge at the right time and it does that kind of slow-mo dodge where gotcha. you know the, the the character kind of slows down and you're able to wail at him and hack at him. And so <clears throat> that, I, th- I think this is kind of universal here. That is fine one-on-one with an enemy. Sure. But the, but the first time that two enemies or three enemies showed up on screen, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't work, and it's almost unfair. Because when you're when you're facing one enemy, um, the other one it doesn't stop to wait for you to fight so this one. It doesn't gonna, do the uh, it doesn't do the classic Batman Arkham Asylum thing where you can have twelve guys around you, but for whatever reason, they're like, "All right, we all need to take on Batman one on one." So go, right. Brett, and then I'll sit back. Gotcha. Yeah. They're all coming at you. But, you know, it, it, it depends on how, I mean, it, de- it really depends on how you're trying to play this game. If you sort of, if you sort of, I got super frustrated the first time two enemies showed up on screen at the same time. It was, I was getting, I was getting mad, but mm-hmm. I stopped, came back to it. And then when I, when I came back to it, I looked at the room and how everything was looking and mm-hmm. you have, you're just given your, um, your gravity abilities this is sort of a staple in dead space. It's not exactly the same, but, but it's somewhat similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that room, when those two enemies showed up, there's like spikes on a wall over here and things over there. Um, And and it sort of gives you the environmental capability of facing these enemies head on where you don't have to fight them all at once. It's just whether you are choosing to sort of expand your environment, your arsenal to your Mm -hmm. advantage instead of being not not lazy in the I'm criticizing you for being lazy but sure. the lazy the, the easier of the, what you think is the the it's hard when when you get into a rhythm in games it's hard to get out of that rhythm and it kind mm. of sets you up with a rhythm of I'm supposed to dodge and fight I'm supposed to dodge and fight yeah 
So the game is not very good at explaining to you, I don't know, to use your environments to your advantage, to pick to 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 suck an enemy over to you with the gravity and fling it onto another enemy and and topple them over or to give you an, an extra second to start wailing on them. So if there's multiple enemies enemies on screen, what I would do is I would look at my environments. You see some spikes on a wall, which doesn't seem very safe, by the way. Well, you know, um, that's what you every know, prison these needs large, is spikes on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you <laughs> see these large fans, mm. oscillating fans that you can, you know, do that too. And, you know, sometimes you see these gears that are grinding in the room. You can fling them in there and they, and they explode. But, um, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> but, but a lot of times, it's not always making you um, use the dodge mechanic and the melee combat. Mm-hmm. It's sort of using the melee combat when on one-on-one fights to save your ammo. If you look at it that way, if you've got this one person, this one enemy coming at you, don't shoot them. Just mm-hmm. dodge, bob and weave, and hack them to death, and you've saved your weapon's ammo. Is it pretty uh, restrictive with the ammo? It gets pretty generous. Um, okay. later in the hmm. game, um, the, 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 the Callisto credits kind of hmm. go up as you go progress through the game, the stronger their enemies, the more, uh, reward they yield. Um, but you know, you've got this in dead space, you've got the famous kiosk mm-hmm. that, up, that upgrades your weapons and things like that. What this one is, it's kind of the same concept. You can, you can, uh, construct your, you construct, you can construct ammo if you don't have enough, you, you find ammo in the world, but you can sh- construct ammo um construct um health injectors things like that but it's basically a 3d printer Hmm. and it it prints weapons for you if you get a schematic for a new weapon um and it you know you you, it's it's funny when the machine will tell you if you're printing something uh the printing of this is restricted and will go on your permanent record kind of thing so it has a very interesting so it it recognizes that you know the situation like the environment this machine works in is a very controlled corporate environment you know it's like you know you, you you're you're this prisoner and you're making weapons and it shouldn't you shouldn't <laughs> you're be not doing supposed that. to be doing that you're not supposed to be doing that but along with that you get you know you get you get uh, a pistol you get a hand cannon but none of these things are designed to cut if if that makes sense you don't get these cutting tools mm-hmm. You get you get shotguns, you get you get pistols, you get you know kind of a pulse rifle thing, but none of that. But you you get it you get it spaced out through the period of the game. I I, di- I didn't get my assault rifle till the last chapter, maybe the last two chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, and what makes that frustrating right now? I know they're planning to do it at some point. Is they're they're supposed to do a new game plus, Ooh. and they've got a lot of expansion stuff they've they're already selling a season pass so um that's all coming although i I believe glenn schofield says they've just now started working on that stuff gotcha um but but the honest thing is the combat is inspired Mm. it's interesting but if it doesn't work for everybody Mm -hmm. it i you know you have to sort of knock it there it worked for me because I started to figure out what what the game was trying to communicate to me. Okay, use this combat mechanic in situations that you can so you don't have to use your ammo all the time. Because, sure. you know, it, it really encouraged you to really use and embrace the melee combat. But sometimes the melee, is it was very, very difficult to read. 
um, and execute properly. And and look, I would get I would get future. I would get super mad. Like this one enemy, sort of midway in the game, he's like this two headed enemy, mm-hmm. and it's like this the whole Dead Space formula. You get on you get on this large conveyor belt that moves up, and I'm like, okay, it's not just gonna let me move up to the next level. I'm gonna have to fight some hordes here. Sure. And then you know you fight off all these hordes, and then this this two headed thing, this behemoth, <laughs> jumps over the railing, and I'm just running from him, shooting him. I'm shooting him. I'm shooting him. And he's a bullet sponge, Chris. He just won't go down. And by the time he went down, I had nothing in my arsenal left. And Chris, by the time I got to that point, I had so much ammo. It was just I was I was John Rambo in black. <laughs> black rock prison mm-hmm. and then as i'm <laughs> i googled i googled the the enemy to see him like, there's got to be a better way to do this and this guy is basically mike tyson mm-hmm. in punch out you basic so he's this two-headed thing and you have to dodge basically with this enemy you have to dodge 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 and shoot him in the legs or shoot him and he goes down to one knee and when he goes down to one knee you start hacking at him with the blade and when he gets back up, he rips one side of his body off of him. Ooh. It's such a, it's a cool enemy, mm-hmm. but you know, and then, and then you, and then you repeat that process where he starts swinging at you, you shoot him. And when he gets down to his knees, you hack him one last time. So much easier than the way I did it originally, where I mm. just, I just obliterated my email, my email, my, my, my <laughs> ammo, because because he was just taking it. And eventually I was down to, I was down to like five pistol bullets. And I it was like, like on the fifth shot, he just finally dropped and fell. And I was like, well, that was fun. I have no ammo left, but the, but he becomes sort of a repetitive, you, you face a, um, an enemy like this three or four times after that. And I'm like, okay, this is much easier to deal with. He was, but you know, w- with this game, y- you don't have a lot of opportunity to take hits. Sure. These enemies, these enemies are brutal, and you know one swing, one or two swings from this particular enemy will just lay you out, unless you play it on easy. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's. But the platinum trophy on this, which I haven't gotten, uh, they're probably going to patch this out eventually. But apparently, if you if you st- and I tried to do it when I beat it, but mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't work. It didn't pop. There's a there's a <clears throat> there's an ultimate difficulty on here. So if you start the game on the most difficult setting, and mm-hmm. then once you once you get into the game, immediately go down to easy mm-hmm. and play through the entire game, beat the boss, and then after you beat the boss, you have to sort of escape, mm-hmm. kind of like that whole Metroid thing, the timer, or whatever. Sure. Um. After you beat the final boss, if you set it back to maximum difficulty. <laughs> The trophy's supposed to pop that you beat this game on maximum. Oh, that's, that's pretty cheesing. awesome. But that's it's, it's a game. It's some, it, yeah, it's <laughs> cheesing for sure. <laughs> what I what I didn't do, I didn't hear about this until after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just started the game. I started the game on normal. Um, now Greg Miller from Kind of Funny said that he successfully, um, once he beat the boss, just like he did it the way I did it. Once he beat the boss, he put it on maximum setting and finished and finished the route, and he got the trophy. I tried that Friday night; it didn't work. Uh, I don't. Maybe they patched some people it. are well. I don't know. Some people are reporting that it works that way, and other people are reporting you have a better shot of getting it mm-hmm. if you start 
on maximum, go down to easy and do it that way. Gotcha. And I would love to, <laughs> but you know, um, I didn't feel like playing through this game again, at least sure. for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got this on PS five, right? I did get it on PS five and that's, and I got it on PS five because I was doing some research on, yeah, I've heard on, on the game and, and I wasn't looking for performance issues, but as I was mm-hmm. reading more reviews, I started to pick up on the fact that if you can get it on PS five, I would go ahead and get it on PS five. Yeah. The big thing, um, surprisingly, uh, listeners if you haven't heard you should avoid this for now because i don't think it still hasn't been patched to my my knowledge uh do not get this on pc because uh apparently there's a big stuttering issue that uh for some people i know they said short of putting it on the easiest difficulty it made the game at times unplayable for those moments because you just couldn't get the timing down with all the stuttering that was going on uh so keep that in mind uh, when you're, if you are thinking about picking this up, um, try and think what else. I mean, do you have anything else, John? Or, well, I, I mean, I could say aside from the combat, I mean, I, I, you know, and and the combat is hit and miss, and I, of it for the most part, I enjoyed it. I didn't consist. I didn't. Con- What's up? Uh, you, what? You've had a couple of moments, but that was a good one where you uh, froze and then uh, went nine million an hour. Miles an yeah. hour. So, so sorry about that. Um, oh no. The uh, but you know for the most part I enjoyed the com the the combat, but it was it, it, there were times when it, it was frustrating. Um, I just I guess the worst thing I can say mm-hmm. is that I played this game excited for the Dead Space remake. Sure. You know what I mean? And I don't know I don't know that any game wants that when you're playing their game. Sure, yeah, you want it. I mean, that is gonna be the unfair thing of this is that whatever Glenn Schofield wants to do, and if he you know, just because people want him to do Dead Space, I imagine he came into this going, Well, I have these set of ideas that are completely separate and void from any connection to Dead Space, right? I'm making Callisto Protocol and of course now with the remake right around the corner um i imagine that's going to be the hardest thing for to understand that you're going to have super fans of the game like yourself that might have a hard time separating those feelings right yeah for sure um because you know if you haven't watched this ladies and gentlemen there's a there's a i think a 20 minute video on the beginning of the dead space remake and it's everything you remember mhm and it's pretty. <laughs> it does look very pretty. I agree. It looks good. Now, the you know, the request remains whether EA Motive can pull this off. But from what I've seen, and they've been very, they've had one of the most open development processes to their fans that I've seen in a long time. Sure. They do, they do development videos every couple of months. They let you know what they're working on. They let you, they show you what they're doing, how things have changed. Um, and I, you know, to Glenn Schofield's credit, he was working on this before we knew that Dead Space was mm-hmm. not dead per se, mm-hmm. because he understood that there was, and, and I and I thank him for that, that he took this on because he knew that there was a fan base out there who still wanted more of this. Um, if look, Dead Space is one of my favorite games of all time. I think <laughs> to give you an idea how much I love that I love 
Dead Space One and Dead Space Two. If you if you gave me the choice on a desert island between Bioshock and Dead Space, I'd choose Dead Space. I oh. I just think it and it's and I love Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Bioshock is in my top five. Um, <clears throat> but this game, uh, you know, I'm glad it's out there. I'm you know, I, the uh, the reviews are not unfair. Mm-hmm. Some well, some of them are. But uh, the reviews are, are, for the most part, are pretty even-handed. I mean, you can't knock I mean, them for... Look, if you're playing this on PC and it's not working for you, what are you going to give it, a 9? No. I mean, I've heard... Uh, I was listening to Arthur Geese's take on this game, and, and he, he said it flat, right, because he likes the game. You know, he, mm-hmm. he actually really enjoyed it. He's a big Dead Space guy. But he said, he said, like, look, if you have a way to get this game in a place that's refundable, do that, because I, I he said... I guarantee you within 60 minutes, you will know if you hate or love this game. I think that's spot on um, mm. from my, from apparently my twin brother, Arthur Geese. <laughs> right. Um, I think, I think that's a spot on observation. You're going to know it's going to, and, and and that's to its credit. It, it dives you into this melee combat system mm. almost immediately to where you're just, you're going to know whether you, <laughs> you need, and listen, I, I'll, 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 I'll say this. Like Arthur Geese said, I, I would just, when you, if you play this game, just go with your instincts. If mm. you think this game, from the moment you play it, is not for you, I encourage you to get your money back. Yeah, get out. Get <laughs> so, <clears throat> but I but I liked it very much. I mean, I I I, I thought the story was engaging. I thought it was interesting. It was dead mm. spacey, okay. but it was but but it but it kept me it it kept me going. Um, and you know, even though for the most part, I knew, you know, what to maybe expect down a certain corridor, Mm -hmm. uh, the environments are fantastic. And Chris, this game, when it works, it looks truly Uh, next gen. I've seen, I've Um, seen, especially on the ray tracing mode for PS5. And I was like, that's maybe the best I've seen on the consoles. Yeah, so far. Yeah. And 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 with the Xbox, the I think the the issue with the Xbox is the ray the ray tracing's turned off. I don't think uh, there's any I don't think there's any real problems with that version, but the mm-hmm. but the disaster is definitely PC. But it's almost like they made this game with the intent of selling the most copies on PS5. That uh, makes sense. But this game looks I mean, this game running on a PS5 looks great. Well, I can't note I can't note any graphical problems I've had on the PS5. And I kept it running uh performance the whole time. Oh wow. So we kept it and, and it, I think it I think a fo- a smooth 60 is what you're gonna get with that throughout. That's good. Um but it was just a, but it's you know, it's it's a very it, it it the environments and even though you know what's going to happen the the environments and the settings are very stressful they're mm-hmm. very uh they're very <laughs> they make you uncomfortable and that's honestly the best you can ask for when you're playing a spiritual successful successor to dead space and you know these games inside and out so you know what's around every corner at least they can make you feel that that tension and that that I, I i gotta get out of here as fast as i can yeah and they successfully do that that's good um there's something about and, and the atmosphere and, and you know on, on the pulse headphones for the ps5 the sound is just spot on and i will give them credit um a lot of people have knocked the lack of enemy variety 100 percent disagree with that I absolutely hmm. disagree with that 
Because one of the interesting things about it is <clears throat> um, as you get, th- as you progress through the game, the enemies will start to, if you, if you don't take them down quick enough, they start to evolve into a different creature as you're fighting them. That's cool. So, so that it, it it's, it's pretty cool. And, and when you, and you don't want them to evolve into <laughs> that. So it's like, it's like you, you damage one and like these tentacles start to spring out of their chest. And Ugh. that's when, you know, you have like a, you have a two second oh, opportunity no. <laughs> to shoot those, to shoot those tentacles and to kill the enemy. Otherwise he's going to, he's going to morph into something different. And that, and that's when he's, that's, that's when he's going to just wreck you. And I've gotten wrecked. And one of the things about dead space is the, is the, is the, the death scenes for Mm -hmm. your character. They don't hold back on this either. They, they, this one enemy, the first one, the first one, he stomped on my face and ripped my arm out and it just left me there to die. (laughs) He didn't kill me. He just left me there. And you were uh, so happy. Guy, yeah. This one guy bashes my face in where you see a dent in my face, and I'm just oh, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so the death scenes are as brutal as you would expect. Sure. So um with that, um, yeah, I think I mean I think that I think that covers everything. Okay. Uh, if you're if you're definitely a fan, if you're a diehard fan of Dead Space, I'd say pick this game up, give it a shot. Um, you know, but it, it comes with its problems. The combat for you, I cannot guarantee you're going to like the combat. If you, if you dive into this game, just try, just try to embrace what the environmental cues are trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. And the combat won't be as, and the combat won't be as daunting. This melee combat thing is not just keep in mind, this melee combat is not crowd control. You're not going to win that way. Gotcha. So. Um, hmm. uh, uh, other notable performances, and I don't mean to disrespect the actors, but um, the the mutant girl from the boys, the Asian girl, Karen, uh, who's who um, like last name starts with an F. Frenchie's uh, love interest. Yeah, and this and this guy, he's 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 kind of a veteran to video games, um, and I don't remember his name. Sorry for the disrespect. Oh. But he was the main, he was the main character from The Force Unleashed. Sam Witwer. There you go. Sam Witwer's in this game as well. So it's got us. It's got a really great cast. Really mm-hmm. does, and the performances are great. Um, you can see where some of the budget went. So I'll say that. Okay. So, <clears throat> I I picked it up because I'm a survival horror fan and a Dead Space fan, and I don't regret it. I don't regret my purchase. Good. Uh, I guess the only thing left to ask is. If you had a Richard John for this game, how big would it be? I don't think it's fair to give it anything above or below mm. a seven. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Just, I think you know it's it's hard for me if I'm just because I'm playing a game and I'm having no issues, but I'm aware of issues on mm-hmm. other consoles. I I just can't I can't ignore that. Sure, I can't ignore that. And and the idea of the combat not always not always working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's after the it's after playing the game. I'm thinking about the combat, going. I wonder if that would have worked. I wonder if that would have worked. Well, if you don't know it would have worked, then that's a problem with the combat. You know, that's true. So, um, you know, environment, you know, characters, story, graphics, mm-hmm. it's all there. 
Um, but for the most part though, I gotta, I gotta give it, I gotta give it a seven and I'm, you know, it's not even, which is weird. It's not even on GameStop as a trade in yet. I've, I've typed it in and there's no monetary value for its trade in. Some tells me that's going to crash very quickly being this isn't a super long game but yeah I'm, I'm wondering how it's i'm wondering how it's doing it's hard to, it's hard to say i i it's hard to imagine a world where this it leaves it the story leaves it completely open for a That's franchise cool. um whether it whether it's able to do that i don't know i hope i hope it does because i like what it's shown me and i like the world that it's introduced but it could go the way of the order 1886 <laughs> And just be a one-off. Yeah, yeah, and that world that it created, I, I, I just desperate to see more of it. But you know, I don't mm-hmm. think we are. True. So that's my score, and I'm sticking to it. Okay. But Chris, thank you, thank you for accommodating me on this today. Um, yeah. I hope you wear. I hope you wear what you're wearing mm-hmm. for continuity's sake. <laughs> Probably not. As you head to the news. <laughs> um. Yeah. Before we do that, um, John, you want to give me thoughts for Game Awards? since you won't be here for that part. Yeah, it was uh, probably my favorite game awards in a long time. Sure. Um, well, I mean, it had Hideo Kojima and you're, you're a huge fan. Yeah, you yeah. were, you I were mean, excited. All I, wanted, all I wanted was <laughs> the next, what was it called? <laughs> Death Stranding. Mailman, Mailman yeah. 2. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was a, a lot of, but a lot of fans out there. It's interesting. Uh, you, you read things. Um, you got Phil Spencer sitting in the audience, mm-hmm. knowing he ain't gonna show Jack. I know. I was like, <laughs> kind wow. Of it was that was the biggest thing. I'm like, are they? I, and I, I couldn't figure it out. I was like, did they pull everything because of the FTC? Did they just decide we are not putting anything up until? we know firm dates and they just aren't ready to say that yet. I, I mean, I guess technically in a way Diablo is like a baby Xbox game in, in theory right now. Right. Because yeah. with the purchase and all that, but yeah, it was, it's, that was really weird. When, when the credits rolled on the show, mm-hmm. I was like, kind of, I was, I was very happy with, but the next day I was like, huh? Yeah. They didn't show any Xbox games. That's interesting. Which tells you how good the show was where you didn't have to have them and there was a ton of things that hit for people. I mean, I would also say that you didn't I didn't see anything aside from a platinum game mm-hmm. that I could think of from Nintendo, you know? Yeah. So that, I don't you know that it's, Bayonetta it's like, thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Yeah, um, I was like Oh Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so we want you to make another game for us, but can you make it very Nintendo-y? Yeah, right. <laughs> We'd like it with not the bloods and the gores and the big boobs. Thank you. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, I thought I thought we had some good reveals, um, mm-hmm. particularly in the beginning. So. Yeah. But whatever think... that was at the end, where Bill Clinton was. Oh invoked, God. Uh, yeah. I, w- I would love to see an explanation into what that was because the guy that was standing there, he looked at a place. I don't know if anybody knew who he was. No. Uh, 
Is that he, a no? You don't. Yeah, like literally, you could see it when they're getting up to go up to the stage. He's in the aisle over, and he just starts walking up behind them, and and then just walked with them. And apparently, like it's come out, like this guy, <laughs> he says this all the time, and it's his thing, and he, and he told everyone his closest friends he was gonna do it, you know, and so he did it. <laughs> Uh, and I guess he got arrested afterwards. At least that's what Keeley oh, says. They stopped the music for him. That yeah. was amazing. <laughs> like Keeley gave him a death stare when he came on stage, and the security was moving in to pull pull him off. That's um, amazing. Okay, cool. yeah. Because I mean, and I get like that's a horrifying thing. You're like, man, I just you know. You're talking about the moment where you're honoring a guy for an achievement in game, like like you know, one, probably his best game in most people's eyes sure. at this point, yeah. and to have that be, you know, what some people are going to remember, I imagine that's a horrifying thing for him to think of, like just, you know, the disrespect. One one final thing. Um, mm-hmm. This is for Sean. Mm. I'm about I'm probably about six or seven hours into Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, did you restart? Yeah. And nice. That, that game is beautiful. It is. It is a very pretty game. I, I keep I'm, telling myself I need to restart. So far. That's why I'm like, I could not I mean, like, I got out of the starting mm-hmm. area and kind of I wanna say it's like to the I would I'd be willing to bet the first really, really major thing after the opening area um, where you kind of start to get an idea of what's going on. Um, and then I just, I never went back because of Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah. Elden and, Ring, Elden Ring now and breath of the wild before have yeah. been, obliter- have been obliter- obliterative to mm-hmm. that game. And it's so sad because it doesn't deserve it. Um, it's I just, mean, I think, I think dying light was what, I think I focused on Dying Light, and I looked. I looked at the stats, and I mm-hmm. I got thirty five hours into Dying Light too. I didn't realize it. Nice. So, but I need to go back to that one too. But um, it's you know the, it it's I'm I'm just now after six hours or so. I'm just now into the Forbidden West. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, you've gone now the open area now too. Yeah, yeah maybe I'll go back. I mean, but then every time I think about it. I go, oh yeah, High on Life is out next week. I got to play that, and uh, it's the Rick and Morty dude. It's a new game where the guns talk to you. Gotcha. And they're like, oh geez, you're not gonna shoot them again, are you? <laughs> yeah, I know how you feel. I got Dragon Quest Treasures. That's out right now. <laughs> that is out. So you know <laughs> that is out, John. <laughs> that is out. Um, but you know, some point I'll find a. A, a moment to beat that game and and see everything because the dlc even looked really nice mm-hmm. we were like watching that together and we we're like oh we're kind of being spoiled right now aren't we yeah <laughs> like, a little bit mm. but yeah all right john well i hope you have a good safe travels this week um Thank you, sir. enjoy and, your news yeah we'll probably be talking a lot about game awards i'm just gonna pull up every announcement and <laughs> that's a good plan i was thinking yeah. Talk about that in the Maybe. FTC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much the week. Yeah, pretty much. But all right, uh, everyone else, let's do some news. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 
News. Man, this is so much easy on a weekday when you just can skip about 50 minutes of talking. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, pre-recorded topic time. Right? Uh, but yeah, here we go. We got some news, and we're going to start off with a, uh, yeah, you'll know what it is as soon as Chris starts reading it. Yeah. Uh, so, after rumors last month that the Federal Trade Commission was preparing to sue Microsoft, the FTC officially moved to block Microsoft from acquiring Activision Blizzard. The agency alleges that the maker of Xbox would gain control of the top video game franchises, enabling it to harm competition in high-performance gaming consoles and subscription services by denying or degrading rivals' access to its popular content. Quote, Microsoft has already shown that it can and will withhold content from its gaming rivals, said Holly Vadova, director of the FTC's Bureau of Competition. Quote, today we seek to stop Microsoft from gaining control over a leading independent, <laughs> that's funny, uh, game studio and using it to harm competition in multiple dynamic and fast-growing gaming markets. Uh, following the announcement of the lawsuit, vice chair and president of Microsoft, Brad Smith, issued the following statement. We continue to believe that our deal to acquire Activision Blizzard will expand competition and create more opportunities for gamers and game developers. We have been committed since day one to Exclusive. addressing... <laughs> <laughs> world premiere <laughs> uh, uh to addressing uh competition concerns including by offering earlier this week proposed concessions to the ftc while we believe in giving peace a chance we have complete confidence in our case and welcome the opportunity to present it in court uh it seems like we have entered what i would call the the end game of all this right like yeah. you know yeah Europe's already there, kind of doing the same thing in its own way, and now they're doing this. And I was, like, wondering, I'm like, hmm, does the FTC do this a lot? You know, because obviously... Did you look that up? I did. I was, like, I was nice. interested. In it. And, um, you know, obviously the FTC is kind of acts based on whoever's actually in control of the executive branch. Obviously, right now it's President Biden. Um, they have sued to block a lot of these. The big thing is they have not yet won any of them. Like in your research, was the Sirius XM merger one of them? No, that I think that was before, way before. That, okay. But I mean, Makes like, yeah, like I was looking at one earlier this year where, uh, okay, there was that there was there was a big one of like two sugar companies where one was trying to buy out the other, and they were like, oh, now they're going to control seventy five percent of the sugar market. And Sugar's legit, bro. Yeah, they're like they're going to price gouge and all that. That went through without a hitch. You know, I think like I have noticed that my sugar's ten cent more now. <laughs> That's called inflation, <laughs> so. But um I think, you know, the thing is like for for them, I think they're doing it to say, hey, we're starting a conversation and fighting the good fight. But I think the thing is is there's so much precedent that it's really hard to convince a judge to say, mm -hmm. okay, if I block this deal this is the one that's going to save a whole market and if yeah. i allow it to go through that's the deal that's going to create the monopoly that brings down everything for it like right like and we've heard the arguments before they just don't really have a strong one to say that 
which yeah you know it's i i in a way we kind of forecasted there would have been there would be a lot of this kind of stuff that happened in the coming months yeah at the time we first learned of the the, the deal mm-hmm. but man it's just like I, part of me until we read these news reports or i see them as we're getting ready for the show mm-hmm. almost forget that it's even an issue i kind of already already feel like they're part of like the deal's done if that makes sense but this is just a reminder that it's it's not quite officially done. Yeah, uh, there is still some hurdles. So, like you said, I, I think you're right. I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're in the end game now. To quote a particular <laughs> franchise, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange is gone. He's then had a seizure and he's gone off. Yeah, you know, to find out what's what what our one outcome will be. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, following that uh, announcement. Um, we got a headline here that says Phil takes his gloves off. And of course, we're talking about Phil Spencer. Here's what happened. Following that announcement from FTC, Xbox head Phil Spencer appeared on the second request podcast. Wait a minute. Why was he down on weekly games chat? And appeared to finally take the gloves off when talking about Sony's desire to block Microsoft from acquiring Activision Blizzard. Spencer states that Sony simply wants to, quote, protect its dominance. That's the end of that quote. In consoles. And here's another quote. The way they grow is by making Xbox smaller. Sony is leading the dialogue around why the deal shouldn't go through to protect this dominant position on console. So the thing that they grab onto is Call of Duty, said Spencer, the largest console maker in the world, raising an objection about the one franchise that we've said will continue to ship on the platform. Yeah, I think it... I didn't put it in here, but it came out last week that Nintendo and Microsoft had agreed Mm -hmm. to a deal that they were going to put Call of Duty on their consoles for the next 10 years once this merger is finalized. I think they've also said they're going to keep it on the Steam store, and they've offered it to Sony, but of course Sony doesn't want to give Microsoft any inch, so they're they're not accepting anything, Uh, and Jim Ryan is just kind of doing what Jim Ryan is, but you know, it's like, again, this is the kind of stuff that I'm like, if I'm a judge, it's, you're like, how, how do you say that they aren't trying to do something? You know, obviously there's nothing after the fact that's going to say that they have to keep it there forever, but that's true of any business deal, right? Like, you know, got to kind of operate with what you have in the moment, not what you think is going to be the case 25 years from now. Yeah. Because, I mean, deals are going to change, Mm -hmm. Uh, even if you try to forecast it so far into whatever future that would be. It's never good to really go too far in advance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, yeah, I don't know why PlayStation wouldn't be okay with, because what happens is, like, let's say they agree like Nintendo did to the 10 years, and then Sony knew for the next 10 years for sure we got Microsoft, where you start kind of renegotiating the contract or the deal, just like every deal ever is made. you know, and if there was, because that, what, what if there was data that Sony could then show, hey, look, man, uh, all the people play this game that you own on our console. You know, it's, there's a lot of leverage they could either have yeah. or not have uh, when it comes down the, you know, in the, into the future. I think, like, the, I've been trying to think what it is. It's either they just don't like the idea of Microsoft having that much control of that big of a franchise, right? And like, that's where things are different this time or or maybe it's just a fear of like right now the way activision blizzard exists and and it operates right it being a publicly traded company it 
it has to appease the cycle of investors, which is every year you expect a Call of Duty will come out and that right. it will ship 20 to 30 million units and make X amount of dollars, right? Of which, because Sony is the leading platform, as you just said, you know, they get 30% of sales on, on every copy that's sold. So, you know, you think about it, that's like, I don't know, probably like half a billion dollars in revenue that they're making. It's a lot of money, Chris. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. <laughs> I could see uh, but I, kind of, I could see the uh, argument but, to them, you know, Microsoft very well when they complete this, it, it it's not that they're not gonna want to put out Call of Duty games, but I could see them going, We don't want to be in the business of having twenty studios that all they do is make Call of Duty. We want to have a Warzone team and everything that's going on with that and that be annually updated. And we want to have maybe two or three core teams that make Call of Duty games. And instead of putting them out every year, maybe we put them out every two to three years, you know? Yeah. They definitely for sure probably have some sort of structured plan that they want to, you know, incorporate. But it's crazy when I think about when I first played Call of Duty, it was with you back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and it was on Xbox. And now I was thinking recently about buying it on PlayStation. And I know over the years I bought it on all the consoles. Sure. I mean, let's say you know save nintendo or whatever but yeah it's crazy um we're gonna definitely have more news on how this you know plays itself out uh I, is that one of the first times we've heard of phil actually speaking out he said a couple of things but for the most part he's just he's really been just saying more so like we want to keep games where you know game gamers like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't want to take you away from your community. That's kind of been his thing. But this was kind of like the first time where he was, that I'm aware of, where he really just kind of went to Sony and said, they are yeah. actively saying the only way they can win is to basically make sure we don't grow. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's a point there. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, one thing we already saw that played out was, of course, the uh, the Game Awards. And you spoke of community earlier. Yeah, or just a minute ago, and that was great to see the gaming community kind of come together for its big night, huh? For sure. Uh, while yeah, so the rest of this is pretty much everything from the Games Awards, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but let's start off with the awards themselves. While God of War Ragnarok managed to take home six awards last week at the Game Awards, uh, including Best Narrative, uh, it was from Software's Elden Ring. That took home the top two awards, winning both Game of the Year and Best Game Direction. Other major winners included Stray, which took home both the Best Indie Game and Best Debut Indie Game Awards, and Final Fantasy XIV, which nabbed Best Community Support and Best Ongoing Game. Uh, Sean, the final correct predictions from last week between the three of us for the awards themselves, right? was John got six right. You and I both got seven right. However, Sean won the night because of our next news story. <laughs> which so I'll read that and we'll go he, back to the... Yeah, to the which he correctly predicted. I predicted that John's favorite game designer would return and, and give us something, and he sure <laughs> did. Uh, Hideo Ko Kojima appeared on stage at the Game Awards and revealed that his next game will, in fact, be Death Stranding 2. Wow. The four-minute trailer indicates that Norman Reedus, Leah Sidhu, 
and Troy Baker are all set to return along with BB. It also appears Norman is getting a pretty nice-looking airship. Uh, fun fact, John has already pre-ordered the game. So there you go, Chris. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a collector's edition, but he already got it. That's amazing. Uh, it's ama- what, What's crazy is John's going to be... <laughs> pre-ordering the collector's edition of that me and you we should have actually got some sort of collector's edition of one of the other two games that you mentioned a minute ago god of war or elden ring but then i thought about it we bought uh, elden ring mm-hmm. digitally from steam yes so there was no real physical condition of collector's never, edition we should have get right fun fact i buy all my games digital sean i know yeah you do you used to not you at work yeah. you used to have really cool knickknacks sure. on your desk from your pre-orders and there was a pretty cool pre-order i should have got for god of war but yeah god yeah. of war looked fancy it took home six awards but elden ring got the big ones you know yeah they got elden ring ended up with four and i'm like i wonder if it just kind of that was the the theme of the night maybe like they were like okay we're gonna give elden ring the big things so let's make sure that everyone knows we also really love god of war right they yeah. got best performance they got uh best action adventure game which of course you know that makes a lot of sense, but there wasn't like a lot of, you know, anyone who watches like any type of award show, there's always these themes of what could be like number one thing that usually happens. Recency bias. Usually the thing that you, you know, last saw or heard, or in this case, play is probably going to have a better chance of winning than ours. But yeah, that whole, what have you done for me lately vibe? Exactly. But the other thing you do see a lot of sometimes is, spreading out love right like going like okay sure maybe god of war is the best action adventure game but you know we'll say that x game it gets instead that didn't really happen this time it was pretty much god of war and elden ring winning the majority of things or else it just being one-offs right like kirby won best family game or you know uh multi-versus winning best fighting game, things like that, right? Like where that yeah. was the one category that there was no God of War or Elden Ring in. <laughs> so it won. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I actually, and another thing to bring up the Game Awards, we'll continue to talk about things that we saw or that came from it, but I felt like it was a one of the better shows that had been at least in the last few years. Do you agree? I think that was easily their best show, and it was... Very impressive considering the fact that Microsoft literally did not show anything, right? Like, the most they had that night, I think it was like a game pass ad. There was nothing from them. And when you say you're going to take out one of the three major guys, right? And really, the only thing you got from Nintendo was something that I don't think wowed the crowd. You take those two things out. And you say that the overwhelming majority of this is third party reveals and the way they hit and it, it yeah. flowed, you know, and, and you add in Christopher judge having a 20 minute awards acceptance speech um, yeah, and people being fine with it. Like, I, I don't know. There's just something about this year. It really worked and it felt, it felt great. I hope it's, if it actually way. kind of finally felt like a proper mm-hmm. award show, if that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, they definitely made sure to give a lot of people the chance to speak. I think the only one that didn't make sense to me, um, they didn't have the folks from stray talk for best indie game. And I'm like, that's the one you should be allowing, you know, like 
yeah, if you're gonna, they, yeah. You know, let's highlight independent developers and make sure we give them a moment. Um, because some of these guys, you know, it's a one or two man team and they spend years on it. So I'd like to see that. True. But yeah, overall, definitely uh an A plus show. I mean, top notch, yeah. And yeah. if you caught us on Twitch, thank you so much. That was a kind of last minute thing that we decided to hop over to. And by we I mean Chris and John for the most part, I hopped in late. Uh, so it was cool to kind of hang out and see you guys and stuff like that. So what about once again, um, thank you for that. Are you interested in coming to Death Stranding too, Sean? After the trailer, because it looks yeah, I mean, very Kojima. It it did. Uh, I, the whole game has been very intriguing to me, even from the jump. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I think I just, I think if I just start playing it, mm-hmm. I think I'll like it. Um, it's weird, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's also very cool at the same time. So yeah, we'll see. The the trailer looked dope. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, hoping for sure. Uh, maybe the airship will be a sign of of things to come in this one. Where like maybe you can like travel easier. <laughs> yeah, well, like that and Norman Reedus' character looks a lot older. Like he's got white hair in this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. So I'm wondering, time jump. Yeah, and it's like, well, the first one was about connecting everyone. Maybe now this is about what happens after they got connected, right? What's the 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 fallout from that or the the effects? But I don't know. It's Kojima. I'm gonna play it. Yeah, true. Kojima's legit. John's favorite <laughs> game designer, dude. I mean, right? I'm just saying. <laughs> it is not. Uh, he does not like super giant games. Apparently. He's never a played a super giant game, <laughs> but I think he might be interested now. Um, super giant games—they're making—they made Bastion, Sean. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pyre is one I love. Transistor is another one, but they Transistor, also made yeah. Hades, and they revealed that they are now making their first sequels. Uh, sequel. One of the first big reveals of the 2022 Game Awards was Supergiant Games is in fact making their first sequel, Hades 2. The trailer shows off Melanie, uh, the sister of Hades protagonist Zagarius, and the daughter of Hades. Uh, it appears she will be working to take down Kronos with the help of her mentor Hectate, who looks like she's kind of like a witchcraft person. Uh, Hades 2 will enter early access at some point in 2023. In the trailer, we could see old Hades himself chained up, um, waiting for her, which is a very different departure. You know, the first game was all about Zagarius trying to escape Hades and get away, whereas this one seems like wherever he is being held by Kronos, uh, she is trying to break into. And of course, I would expect at some point. Her, her brother may show up uh, in some form, so that'd be interesting. But looks beautiful, looks great. Reminded me real quick as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was like a game of the year type game, wasn't it? Yeah, you love that game. <laughs> that game is For really sure. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know that it made me want to play it um, mm-hmm. or even go back and play one, but we'll, we'll like see. It. I mean, I'd like the, you mentioned bastion and transistor those were two games i loved and i to me bastion's one of my darling games i'll always like i'll have it on every system i can have it on because mm-hmm. i'll tinker around and play with it uh, <laughs> but uh yeah we'll see yeah 
Well, uh, Chris, I got good news. Ken, Le- Ken Levine still exists. He does. I was amazed by this. Uh, nearly 10 years. That's a long time after the release of Bioshock Infinite. Ken Levine has revealed his next project is Judas. The game is the first from his new studio, which is Ghost Story Games. The synopsis for the game reads this. You are the mysterious and troubled Judas. Your only hope for survival is to make or break alliances with your worst enemies. Will you work together to fix what you broke? Or will you leave it to burn? A look at the gameplay in the trailer makes one wonder if Judas will end up being Bioshock in space. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was definitely... Like, right away when they started showing this, I was like, man, this has got some Ken Levine uh, vibes. vibes. And then it's all over it, dude. And then it said, from Ken Levine. (laughs) And I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Okay, now it makes a lot of sense. (laughs) But yeah, that that was the... I did not think... I mean, I know he's talked about this, that he's like, yeah, we're working on something, and I know it's a very small team, which was the idea after they uh, closed Irrational Studios. Um. But wow, yeah, I mean it. It definitely Ken Levine's a great voice in video games, right up there with old Hideo Kojima. And um, I've really missed him, you know, having a game from him because there's been a lot of people trying to fill that void. But it's just, you know, it, it it's a little bit. Dude, different the trailer. The I started watching it again. It's so Bioshocky. Yes, it is. Like everything you know just I mean? screams Bioshock. Yes. Um, but who but knows? I, I do want What were you going to say? My bad, dude. Oh, I just said who knows. We'll see. I'm I'm excited. I love the Ghost Story uh their icon for their brand. That's a really cool little Maybe little campfire vibe. It's hmm. pretty cool, but yeah. Okay. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. You know, what's also good is uh <laughs> yeah, yes it was. From software. Yeah. Um and they were Sean, they were the ones who actually closed the game awards last week uh by revealing yep. their next game will be a return to its oldest franchise. Armor Core 6 is due out next year and will be the first mainline game in the franchise since 2012. Company president uh Hitaki Mizaki, Miyazaki stated that the studio is committed to sticking to what made the Armor Core series special mainly creating a custom mech and taking it into battle. He promised that there was no conscious effort to add a soul-style element to the game. The game is expected to be released in the second half of 2023, so even though they kept the number, this is, they're saying, kind of being treated as a low-key reboot of the franchise, which I don't know why they didn't just go completely with it and just say Armor Core because... I mean, I've seen Armor Core before. I've never played Armor Core. Um, and I'm willing to bet that's true for 90% of the people who are watching that stream last <laughs> night. I'm one of them too, yeah. Yeah. you know. Uh, but you successfully called out what game it was when the trailer was playing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I really, if they don't get mad at a soul-style element to it, it'll make me very happy. But what scares me is how they say they won't consciously do that. You just, or try, are you afraid I, yeah. that you're going to build a mech and like, you're gonna come down. There's gonna be a mech troll at the bottom of hill. Just oh my god! Just right blocking the way I gotta go. Oh no. my goodness! But yeah, it looked like quite amazing. That trailer, yeah, I for know sure. Trailers can tend to do that, but that trailer looked really, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I 
I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and see what what it is they put up now. They've oh yeah, that's that. this is your home. Yeah. These are your homies. Yeah, they've earned it. Yeah, yeah, they've earned it. I mean, Chris had his hands up, his arms went in the air when Elden Ring won. If you weren't on the stream, you didn't see it, but he he was very happy. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, sure. Speaking of being very happy, Star Wars fans uh, who also play video games. Hey, Jedi Survivor us. is real. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Respawn Entertainment finally pulled back the curtain on its upcoming sequel, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which will be released on St. Patrick's Day, March 17, 2023. The story continues five years after the first game and follows Cal uh cow's increasing increasingly desperate fight as the galaxy descend descends further into darkness the trailer appeared to show cow wielding a blue lightsaber similar to the one wielded by uh a really famous villain by the name of kylo ren yeah had that whole entire kind of like actual little t-cut yeah going on and yeah the blade looked like it was way longer than a usual <laughs> yes <lightsaber laughs> so. i man God. That, that I'm hyped. That's not too far off, by the way. We're we're in the middle of December, and March is not far away. Yeah, I know. It's like as you're about to see and hear. Uh, this was all about the uh, <laughs> the first half of of the year kind of being built out. Um, March is looking ridiculous right now, by the way. Um, and I feel bad for certain things because the moment Star Wars got announced, I was like. I'm playing uh, it. Yeah, because I really enjoyed the first one. You played the first one, right? It was John who didn't yes. play it. Yeah. 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 Highly recommend. If you got a Game Pass, I think it's on there. So get check it out and before dude, March. That game looks so good on PS4 Pro. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. I mean, the trailer shows it looking amazing on it looks, you know, the new. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was great on my PC. And that was, you know, back when it was just a 2070. Way not back. just the old measly 2070 yeah pos <laughs> 2070 um, nice i'm gonna run down these but before i do that yeah i need you to do the other thing first but... finally this week uh so everything we kind of talked before was more so like new new right like i think we had seen maybe a brief thing of survivor or jedi star wars right uh survivor but really that was it like it was like one five second shot and we got nothing else um you know versus like everything else above here was like oh yeah here's the first time you're ever seeing death stranding right but we did get a ton and this is just this is not everything. I, I tried to <laughs> keep this to the biggest things I could think of. Um, but there is a ton of announcements out there. So if there's something I don't reference here, go 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 look it up and you'll you'll probably find it there and be very happy. But here we go. Uh release dates and updates galore. Diablo 4 will be released on 6-6-2023. And we'll have an open beta for anyone that pre-orders the game. Um, fan of the show Mike D will be excited to know that Final Fantasy 16 has a release date, and it is six twenty twenty two. So 
two of the biggest games already coming in in, in June of this year. Um, Street Fighter Six though is going to be the third. <laughs> it's coming out six two twenty twenty three. So three major games coming out in June. Itris Elba is joining Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven so expansion cool. uh, as Solomon Reed. Apparently, he's the only one you can trust. At least that's what he's saying. I don't know if you should. I'll trust him. I don't know if you should <laughs> trust old Stringer Bell. Um, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League as a, a release date of 5-26-23. So just to keep that in mind, outside of the week of E3, you have Suicide Squad. Then next week, you get Street Fighter Six. The week after that, you're getting Diablo Four. then Z3. Then you're going to go play Final Fantasy Sixteen. Good luck, everybody. I hope you don't like all those games. Yeah, uh, but, we're uh, gonna roll the dice and see what we potentially cover on what yeah uh, days, because that's a that's a gauntlet. I'm I'm expecting to play for sure Diablo, for sure Final Fantasy, um, mm. and I'm sure like the Chris's and Johns and maybe even me might play Suicide Squad. I'm I definitely know, but... I'm definitely prepared to play Suicide Squad, uh, mainly because of this big announcement that was included with it. This will, in fact, be Kevin Conroy's last appearance as Batman. Of course, everyone knows Kevin Conroy, who did the voice of Batman in the Arkham games and also, most famously, the uh, Batman animated series and Justice League series, passed away earlier this year uh, after a bout with cancer. So that was a very emotional moment in the show, like when he actually, because I hadn't heard his voice since he had passed away. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's right. It's Batman. Oh, oh Batman. Yeah. Uh, Sean, me and yeah. John realized that we still have not beat Horizon Forbidden West because yes. uh, we were kind of spoiled some things when we saw the trailer <laughs> for the first DLC. It's called Burning Shores, and it is out on April 19, 2023. Side note, if you played this game on PS4 or PS4 Pro, you cannot get the DLC on that console you have to get it on ps5 so why do they do these things i but know i, mean, I know it's, it looked really nice though sean there was, there was yeah some- uh it was funny because john sent me an im at where we worked the day after or re- recently this week maybe mm-hmm. oh my god horizons forbidden west is so good i'm like yeah it is <laughs> good stuff yes um let's see Bayonetta Origins. This I don't know what the heck. Okay. Uh Bayonetta Origins Ceriza and the Lost Demon is a game featuring young versions of Ceriza in Cheshire and will release on March 17, 2023. I don't know who in the Bayonetta community was asking for a game like this, but it looks like something Square would make for a JRPG. Um looked really weird. Didn't look like Bayonetta that much at all um yeah no no idea but you know what i won't be playing that because that comes out the same day as star wars jedi survivor so sorry <laughs> yeah jedi survivor's done and then like i'm playing it it's it yeah and then finally uh the last of us part one will be coming to pc on march 3rd 2023 i know they had announced that but they now gave a date but they also announced that Returnal will be coming out some point in the first quarter of 2023 
uh, to PC as well. And Sean, apparently you better have some beefy Ram for that game. Cause I think they said it was like recommended. You have at least 32 gigs of Ram. I got 32. Well, good, good, good. Yeah. I went ahead and filled up all four of the slots. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I like a good um, but that was slot. to future proof myself but i don't think i have the i, I i'm gonna probably upgrade soon i don't know what soon means but i gotta tighten that up i think mm. soon means uh you know like in the near future i think is what it means theoretically it does and i mean remember i'm i'm like top dog now so or associate top dog i can yeah. do these things that's true i can you do are. these things um but you know what i am sean I'm a, uh, I'm top dog, and you are yes. When you're top dog, <laughs> you get some powers. One of those powers is the ability to ask, "Should we wrap this up?" Never. Just to be safe. Electronic mail from the future. All the way from the <laughs> oh, that's funny. And uh, yeah, so you guys know you've listened for a long time. If you have never listened to the show, this is the part where we call it emails, but it's going to encompass not only emails, but also anything we got going on we want to highlight in Twitter. And also to highlight information we can share from our Discord community. But we always start off with emails. And if you want to write into the show, you can do that. Uh, we're on we're on Gmail. So weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We have exactly four we're going to highlight this week. So that's perfect. Chris can do two and I can do two. For I'll sure. let you start it off. Well, should I start it off or you? you, you it's start up it to you. Me? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Who should I pick? um spinning the wheel we'll yeah. see you land on okay here we go all right uh this is from tucker oh nice he says the, uh, heading of that email says internal screaming intensifies chris uh wrong one sir there are two that that is two that is another one this one is uh Good evening, boys, is the title of it. Oh, that's not from Tucker. Uh, that is from the... Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> how to read things. Um, <laughs> it says, uh, slipping this one in the back on a Tuesday afternoon, so we'll see if it makes this week's episode. After seeing you guys do a review of Cyberpunk 2077's Edge Runners, it got me thinking. But that makes me thinker box. Hurt. Chris, that makes my thinker box hurt. Oh, okay, my bad. You're I not a pirate. That. We can't say things like "makes me." My makes thinker me box, hurt, mate. My thinker box wasn't communicating well with my <laughs> communication box. Uh, so I just figured I'd ask you guys, based off the rumors and reports that each of these are certain to come in the next few years, which series do you think is going to be butchered more? Netflix's Bioshock or Amazon's Fallout? Personally, I have a deep love for both game franchises. I've never been able to mostly forgive the messed ups of Fallout 76 and Bioshock Infinite. Um, after Rings of Power, 
Wait, there were no missteps of Bioshock Infinite. Let's just get that right right now. Tighten that on up. It's like, you <laughs> jot that one down. Um, after Rings of Power, I didn't have much hope for the Amazon Fallout adaptation. Amazon writers seem to be more worried about having their names under a franchise banner than honoring the franchise itself. But with Henry Cavill now leaving The Witcher, I'm starting to wonder how Netflix will handle the Bioshock. Uh, thoughts keep up the good work and from tucker ps chris love you buddy but i swear it's game pass just saying it's no i i talked to <laughs> phil he said it's game pass <laughs> and yeah this is a situation again where i think it's two different tuckers the other one is from a different email address and it's also tucker so my bad on yeah. that for the for the pre-bus that i did uh what do you think chris i'm thinking the uh amazon's fallout is going to be worse no, I actually have more faith in Amazon Fallout um, than Bioshock. I, I think it's the easier one to adapt, and it doesn't have the same problems. Like, first off, for anyone who's thinking about this, Rings of Power is a very unique situation because Rings I'm of Power. Not, I'm not based. <laughs> Rings of Power is like they went out there and bought what they could, but they didn't buy the things that people love, so they couldn't do those things. Yeah. On the other hand, with with you know the Amazon one, I believe they are working with Bethesda on that. And I also think there's so much in the world of Fallout that you could do. You don't necessarily have to get tied into one particular thing. Versus if you're doing Bioshock, like I'm like, well, what are you doing? Are you doing Rapture as like its creation to its fall? Are you doing, you know, the game are you doing like you know moments maybe right before the game there's a lot of things you could do and i don't know how well they'll come off because you know i think people have a very clear idea of what bioshock is in their mind i think that's the harder one for to sure kind of kind of like last of us here right like as much as i like the way it looks and the fact that neil Druckmann's involved I think there's going to be some moments where if they change things, depending on how they go, some fans might be like, whoa, wait, what? You know, because yeah, I mean, they have not. We're having to deal with is. that constantly. I mean, Master Chief took off his helmet. I know that's yeah. a, you brought up HBO just now and I'm bringing up Paramount or whatever, but I, I don't know. My gut just tells me for I don't I don't really have a sound reason that Bioshock will be handled differently. Do we know? And now this is me being completely ignorant. I don't know about it. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a live action show it's not going to be animated right i believe so yeah and that that does scare me a little bit but netflix i feel like they kind of hit a rut and they need to hit a home run and i think bioshock might be what it is because i mean you're right chris uh rings of power is amazing the cinematography in that amazing uh mm-hmm. and once you kind of get past a certain part in that season it gets better just like you said um so i i think i think what we need to hope for isn't which one's going to be butchered more I think the mindset should be let's hope they're both good because that's good for us as gamers who also like watching things like TV shows for sure. based on gaming. So that's awesome. But Tucker, it's good to hear from you. Yes. For sure. So I'll read the other Tucker. Oh, you're going to read the other Tucker. This is a literally a complete a completely different Tucker. Yeah. Uh, it's a long one and this is the one that said internal screaming intensifies, okay? Hey guys, this is when John would say, hey, what Tucker, up? and Chris would say that. Uh, it's been a while since I last <laughs> emailed you guys, and I apologize for that. Testosterone poisoning got the better of me. That's a thing? Uh, 
Ironically, this is why I don't play M-rated games. Huh. Not yet, at least. I feel like I said the wrong things at the wrong time back in 381. That's a reference to episode 381 of Weekly Games Chat, ladies and gentlemen. So I decided to take a month off so I could get it together. <laughs> I apologize for the debacle I had back then, and major kudos to Alejandro for keeping the boys from getting Thanos by Chris in my absence. That was so close. But enough about that. The important thing is that my heart and stomach have grown three sizes since last month, and I'm all about the season. Hey. It means so much to me, as many other people cherish it. I remember pulling into work at the beginning of the month and being greeted by festively dressed taxidermy, country-style holiday music, and decorated bar area surrounded by a plethora of lights. I'm always so excited when this time of year comes around. Me too, buddy. Me too. Uh, but like many people, I do see the holidays as a double-edged edge, edge sword in multiple different ways, especially in gaming for me specifically. I tend to be a person who jumps from game to game and never gets really anything done. I can play a game, play it for a while, and set it aside and play something else for about a week. By the time I pick the other game back up, I forget the controls, the gameplay, and where I am in the story. Yeah. Did I write this email? Like, right? <laughs> My question for this week is, what is the best advice you have for, quote, game jumpers, such as myself and Sean, and which game should I focus on first? I'm currently juggling, juggling sorry, enter the, the gungeon. Star Wars Squadrons, and Demon Slayer Hinokami Chronicles, with many mm. others that I haven't touched in months. Once again, sorry for my Scroogeonist, I don't know, last month, and I look forward to emailing you guys some more and listening to more hot content in the future! Oh. Thanks so much, and Merry Christmas! Oh, Game on, you merry gentlemen. This was, of course, sent from Tucker, who's also known as Ender Slayer 173 and this was sent from a festively decorated Texas roadhouse. Mm. <laughs> so that's a really good email. Uh, mm. Because I only know one of the games, Chris, I'm going to tell him to play Squadrons because <laughs> I don't know those other two games. Uh, um, what you got, man? I would say as far as ways, the best advice I could say is like, look, you know, there's no requirement saying you must beat games. You know, everyone is different. Um, I'll I'll tell you now that one of the most common things out there that is true is that most people do not finish the overwhelming majority of games they play, right? Like, you know, I, I think Mike is the only other person I personally know that finished everything, like all the main storylines in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Why? Because that story is like 70 to 80 hours. And a lot of people would rather just go in, have some fun, do some stuff. And if they get bored of it, they'll move on to something else. Right. So if that's what you are, then, you know, don't be afraid to say, you know what? This isn't grabbing me anymore. Uh, otherwise, maybe just make that commitment. Tell yourself like, hey, I'm not moving on until I finish something. If you really want to see how it uh, uh, ends. Oh, Cam says he also finished it. I'm sorry, Cam. Because no one should finish that game. That game is POS. What game? I totally <laughs> muted and was pouring a drink. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The story in it oh. is, is a oh, POS. Hey, first of all, what up, Cam? And that's, that's, a, that's a prime example of something I did, if you remember. Maybe you don't, Tucker. I don't know. But I, I kind of started back playing the Assassin's Creed 
My yeah. goal was to kind of get through all of them. I have a, a real life best friend who was doing it. Uh, he did it magically, and I got stuck in the same game that I got stuck on back in the day. I knew I you weren't going series. to. I was like, as soon as he goes, he's like, he's going to get to the exact same part. Because <laughs> you're like, you're like most people. You're not going to, you know. Yeah, I try, but yeah, uh, it, it it's just part of my DNA, I guess. Like Mike is probably the one person I know. If like he says, well, I'm going to play the franchise, you know, as long as he just doesn't hate it. Right. He's, he's going to see it through. If he has any inkling or love, he has no problem going back to back to back to back on something. So, All right, Drake. I'm going right. back to back. <laughs> side to side. Wait. But that's how, that's Ariana. Ariana Grande, buddy. Ariana that song is Grande. not talking about what you think it is. Okay. It's what? talking about some. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next up, we have The Will to Kill. He titled this Jeff Keighley's Press and World Cup Secretary Press Release. Nice. <laughs> right? Uh, hey, guys. First off. Hey. TLC was going to win best performance. I mean, he was the heart and soul of the SG1 team. Laugh out loud. Uh, just to clarify, my last email the week before Thanksgiving, I wrote about how the track record has been so bad for the U.S. in the last decade, and they won't do very well. I was rooting for Germany. After writing that, I wrote about how the email did not age well because they did the opposite and were contending and held England nil-nil. The shirt thing I was talking about uh, actually was on USA's midfielder, Christian Polisnik's It's Called Soccer. Yeah, that was famous. Uh, yeah. He, he lifted it up and said, it's called soccer. The shirt that was a refers- thing we, we did. The shirt refers to a photoshopped image of uh, American soccer player Christian Polsnick's undershirt made to read. It's called soccer in reference to the debate between the sport being called soccer or football. Uh, Polsnick's original shirt read man in the mirror. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Uh, The it's called soccer version image trended amid the U.S. and England game in the first round of the 2020 FIFA World Cup. As a way to make fun of the British and European fans, as they should be. Uh, Humorously portraying the U.S. team in their word choice as superior. American fans also chanted, it's called soccer in the stadium to support their team, as we should. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) As an American, I I mostly commonly refer to it as soccer. But I still think that it should be called football because the entire world calls it that. Since Germany is out and the U.S. got knocked as well, I don't know who to root for now. But since the U.S. got knocked out by the Netherlands and Argentina knocked them out, I'll probably go with them. Yeah, hey, that's well. what I'm doing, buddy. There you go. One thing I do want to say is the clip of Antony Robinson. Anthony. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Raymond Razinian, uh, after the U.S. beat Iran. Also seeing all the celebrations after the match and the first clip of a U.S. fan and Iranian fan dancing together. This is football and the perspective of what was portrayed is awesome because they were simply football fans in that moment. And that's it. People in this country complain about the dumbest stuff and never think to look out at people who would love to have one simple thing in life. It was just something amazing to see with all the turmoil they're having to deal with. Thanks for another great show. The will to kill. Yeah, that's a, that's a good email to kind of sum up some some images from the world cup uh chris did not know that christian Pulisic's name is christian Pulisic. it's okay he doesn't 
He doesn't like American soccer. He's the guy who scored uh, the big goal <laughs> against Iran. <laughs> but yeah, the the thing in Iran, it was very cool. Uh, world world news, of course. There's some really kind of not there's some controversial and not good things going on uh, to the to the folks of Iran who kind of protested in that country, right? Specifically, the women. Controversy um, is what it's called, by the way. Yes, and and uh, like things like some people weren't singing the national anthem. There was tears when it was played because you kind of feel like there's a well of emotion thinking of how much you love your country, but how it's going through what it is. And and you know, there's a history between U.S. Of course, in Iran. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to see, yeah, there was a part where they kind of, yeah, there's been just some really good imagery. And and you're very smart for wanting to go with Argentina as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's pretty cool. I I thought you were going to mention something about Bill Clinton. since you (laughs) mentioned Jeff Preeley's press and World Cup Secretary press release. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but but good email. Good to hear from you. and apparently we have an attachment. Uh, I, I didn't just click put it that on there. No, nah, yeah, it's like probably fine. But good email, yeah. Will to Kill. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. And the last one is from a faithful. Let's be honest. This is from Alejandro, gentlemen. What up? I all I almost didn't write to you this week since a Thanos snap of the Assassin's Creed Odyssey episode would make the world a better place. What? Uh, But your discussion of the Game Award nominees brought up two questions. Two. First, do you think that Stray and Plague Tale Requiem would have been nominated for Game of the Year had they not been available for free on Hmm. PS Plus and Game Pass? Yes, they're good games. But I contend that being free games gives them a much wider audience and thus extra industry buzz. What do you think? Second, should Gotham Knights be Game of the Year or Game of the Decade? <laughs> Awardingly awardingly yours, Alejandro. And this is sent from my Batgirl Batcycle. <laughs> uh, God, I, Chris. I think Stray, you could make the argument. I think Stray really benefited from being a day one release just because it kind of like hit a place, right? Um, for a certain group of people like which is i love cats and this is the cat game and i want to go play the cat game and instead of having to pay 40 bucks for the cat game it's free right um on the flip side i can't say the same for plague's tale requiem because like to me that's more in the vein of like you know tunic was day one on games pass yeah, and well, Tunic it, was an amazing it, game too though yeah i would say like tunic is to me uh, from my time that i spent with it versus uh stray i think tunic is way better of achievement in gaming um i think plague's tale got its buzz and everything because a lot of people overlooked the first one and then kind of like myself like if you remember if you go way back uh, it probably got thanos I, i'm not sure if it, it made the cut after that but like john talked about mm-hmm. plague's tale uh innocence and he was the only one who played it at the time when he did it for the show. I came for back. The at show. The end, I came back at the end of that year, and when we were doing our top games of the year, it was like my number two or three game of the year because I finally got around to it. And I think that's how a lot of other people were. Like they just didn't know this is a really great game. It was like just this hidden gem. No one was, you know, expecting. I like hidden gems, buddy. 
Yeah, so I think like with this one coming up, it was kind of like, okay, hey, we got to, you know, let's make sure we give it this game its flowers because it didn't really get it the first time around, right? And we don't want it to be overlooked again. So I think that's what was more so going on with them. But as you can see, even then, it didn't matter because Plagueis didn't win anything, you know, despite being nominated for a lot of stuff. And I could easily have made the argument for them winning some of those categories, especially something like Art Direction. Very nice. Yeah. And no, but, uh, Gotham I... Knights is not Game of the Year. Or, yeah, or Game of the Decade. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Despite you being on a bad cycle, okay? But good mm. try, good try. Uh, over on Twitter, we were mentioned uh, by at Bravo24Actual, and this was uh, this was the release of, it was the Bioshock, uh, I guess, kind of teaser trailer that, that showed up. And uh, Bravo said, such a tease, but I guess that means I'll be firing up the trilogy for the holidays now. And I feel like that's already been kind of mentioned that that may be a good thing to do. Also, shout out to our friend across the pond, uh, Nat the Gooner. He mentioned us in a uh, a thread that was going on about. Okay, so the thing said this was from Apple Podcasts. What podcast episode was so good you had to drop it in the group chat? And uh, he mentioned us. So that's you know, in the words of me, Sean, that's what's up. Uh, trending right now is of course. Uh, I have no idea why Cindy Lauper is trending in the United States. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch is trending right now for 2022. No clue why. Um, so there's that. <laughs> Let me check our DMs. I don't think we have anything since November. Cool, cool. We're good there. And now let's go see if we have any new followers. I think we're stuck on that 450. If you want to be follower 451, do it. What are you scared of? Um, and then right now there's a pinned tweet that I see in Twitter that still says from two years ago, uh, if you're looking for a discord invite, here it is. Boom. If you were to click it, it would take you to discord where you would see the likes of, um, uh, you know, our general chat emails. Um, there's even a, I love this channel. It's called wipage and wipage and such. It reminds me of, you know, poop games and also, you know, like breakfast at, uh, Cracker Barrel, because they like they like to say and such on a lot of their things. But anyway, I digress. I'll go into the email section and let's see what we got. Um, what? How far back was last week? We recorded on Tuesday, so that would have been anything from the 6th and on. Okay. Yep, there's the Monkey Island thing. So we got a couple. All right, so from Cato, this is uh, the name on Discord. Uh, what's up, guys? What are your most anticipated games of 2023? Who do you think is going to win this year in college football? And who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Anyways, have fun and stay safe. And, Chris, most importantly, roll tide. Ooh, roll tide. Yes, the roll tide indeed, Cato. Um, let's give them one most anticipated game of 2023 because we may actually have an entire episode on this. Um, Let's see. 2023 games uh probably diablo 4 because diablo because diablo yeah for me it's gonna be uh call of the mountain psvr2 game oh so that'll be horizons uh you know vr title that it launch is launching exclusively with psvr2 uh college football i still think it's georgia's to lose yeah, it's one of those things where I don't think 
I don't think Georgia's as dominant as they were last year, but I still think as long as they show up and take care of business, it's pretty hard to say they're not going to win it. Uh, and who do I, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Currently, Chris, your options would be Argentina mm-hmm. or the winner of France versus Morocco. Uh, obviously, Morocco. They are feared. Um, <laughs> you, dude, they made it to the semifinals. Finals. That's a big deal. Right. Um, I'm on Team Messi in Argentina. Mostly because I watched the documentary on uh, Amazon. It was phenomenal. And also, you could just see this team really playing really good football. Soccer. I mean, which um, one is uh, the dude from Rexamon? And this is when we let Chris know that Rexham did not make the World Cup. Oh. <laughs> uh, shout out to anyone. If you listen to us and you live in Rexham or you root for that club, please, that would be awesome. I don't know if we'll ever get anyone that does that, but we'll see. Uh, and finally, today from our, our good friend Huck, Huck MS over here on Discord. Hey, fellas. Hey. Be, yeah, there's you, Chris. Hello, Huck. And of course, Discord homies. That's what's up. Currently on vacation. Packed the Switch and almost bought, uh, brought the Xbox. It's been four days and zero gaming. I mm. did start the first Harry Potter book. That's a good one. Uh, do you guys play games on vacation? Uh, and do you have any good gaming or vacay memories to share? Uh, oh. First off, I do the same thing. I always bring something with me. Uh, I don't know if you do, Chris, when you go on vacation. Do you pack something up and take it? I've done it a few times. I've actually done it for the show. I did. <laughs> I played No Man's Sky while I was at the beach. Um, nice. <laughs> but as far as actual real vac, I mean, to me, I think of like, you know, next Thursday from there on out, I'm on vacay till the uh, beginning of next year. So there will be a lot of gaming during that part. Yeah, for sure. Gaming. Um, I, th- the way you worded that you started the first Harry Potter book, I don't know if that means you've never read them, mm-hmm. but welcome. They're fantastic books. That first one will be, uh, that'll be a good read. It's going to be, it's going to get a lot more, uh, more, more pages and, the story is going to get crazy, so enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. As far as memories, um, I remember one time the family, I was with, still a, with living with my mom, and we traveled somewhere, and I took, it had to have been like the PlayStation 2 or even maybe PlayStation, yeah, PlayStation 2 probably. And it, the thing was back then you you needed access to the panel of the TV, and you had to hope that they had like the stuff to hook up your system. Like you could get to it. and also that the controller would change the source of the TV because sometimes it got crazy and you couldn't. But I remember sitting down Indian style. We were in the middle of the road trip. I think we were coming home. And I remember just sitting there playing probably like an NCAA college football game. Most recently, it was after the release of the PlayStation 5. Uh, my friend, and you know him, we call him the uh, our friend of the show, Mike. Him and I, both of our daughters were going to a cheer competition and we wanted to play Final Fantasy 14 online. Mm. And so we got our PS5s prepped and we took them down there. And that was the first time I realized, all right, first of all, the PlayStation 5 will not fit in a book bag. And secondly, it was crazy how it was still early on. So the uh, the internal workings of the PlayStation, it wasn't quite easy to hook up to the hotel uh, hmm. Wi-Fi. Because if you think about it, a lot of times the hotel Wi-Fi, you go to like their their site to yeah. get access. 
so but the PlayStation at that point, the browser wasn't easily accessible. <laughs> and there were no YouTube videos on how to bypass it. But eventually we got up and we played a few hours out of all that work of Final Fantasy 14 online. Uh, but I, I, for me, vacation, I'm always packing something just in case I can play games. Uh, most recently, it's the Switch. That makes sense, right? Um, I've even took my computer one time, I think, but I don't remember the, the deets of that story. So I'll kind of... Uh... <laughs> I just laughed at chat because Chris, while I was telling the story, posted the entire picture of John with chaps, uh, and it says there's a snake in my boots. And Huck said, F snakes. <laughs> Somebody's poisoned the water hole. Somebody's poisoned the water hole. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. But uh, there we go. Uh, watching on um, Twitch, you're going to realize this was a shorter week for the show. But it is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode 384 of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, thank you so much for anyone who joined us on twitch.tv and weekly games chat to see us record this show live. Uh, wherever you actually re- download the show, like for you audio folks, make sure you leave us a kind review so other folks can join us and find us and be part of our community. If you want to write into the show, you have the availability to do that, of course, weekly games chat at gmail.com. If Twitter's more your thing, we're there at weekly games chat. And of course, uh, if you, you kind of are cool, like we all are, you can find Discord and see us there too. Normally, I'd look over to see John and Chris and say game on to both of them. John, I say game on to you wherever you are. Chris, game on, buddy. Uh, game on, Sean, and game on, John, wherever you are. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life! <laughs>